Hi, this is Rachel Hine and Hannah Langdell, Duke Plastic Surgery residents on The Resident Review, a Duke Plastic Surgery podcast. This is a lecture series designed to aid in preparation for our yearly in-service examinations. Our goal is to take you through high-yield topics along with experts in their respective fields in order to maximize your knowledge and potential scores. We would like to thank Allergan for their continued support. Today, we'll be continuing our high-yield review called Quick Hits. This is a high-yield facts taken directly from previous in-service examinations. We'll be talking a little bit about breast reduction today. Thank you, Rachel. We'll start with the review of anatomy. The blood supply to the nipple areolar complex is from perforators of the internal thoracic artery from the fourth intercostal space. And post-operative sensation after breast reduction is most dependent on the pedicle location. Estrogen causes ductal proliferation and progesterone can cause glandular proliferation. In terms of development, there are Tanner stages one through five and involves the development of breast buds and pubic hair simultaneously. Premature thelarchy is the development of breast prior to the development of pubic hair. In terms of breast pathology, accessory breast tissue occurs along the embryonic milk line and enlarges during periods of hormonal stimulation like puberty. Pathology shows glandular tissue and receptor staining positive for estrogen and progesterone. A fibroadenoma is a firm rubbery nodule, and histopathology will show epithelial and stromal proliferation, whereas a giant fibroadenoma is solitary, firm, non-tender, and presents as rapid breast enlargement with prominent overlying veins and occasionally a pressure-induced skin ulceration from the rapid enlargement. And treatment includes a nucleation and breast reduction. Juvenile hypertrophy is progressive enlargement of breasts during puberty, where the breasts weigh greater than 1,500 grams, and histopathology reveals increased stromal collagen and fat. There is hypertrophy of the stromal content, and this is thought to be from an abnormal end-organ response to estrogen rather than increasing levels of receptors or estrogen itself. A lipoma consists of mature adipose tissue. And juvenile papillomatosis, or the Swiss cheese disease, presents clinically similarly to fibroadenoma, and pathology reveals hyperplasia and sclerosing adenosis. And importantly, 10% can go on to develop malignancy. This is very commonly tested, but the treatment for phylloides tumor is wide local excision with one centimeter margins. Rachel, do you want to take it from here for beginning our discussion on breast reduction? Awesome. So we'll talk a little bit about patient selection. In general, there are no age requirements and young patients may undergo breast reductions if they have profound breast development that has physical and psychological effects. Breast development may continue and after breast reduction, and they may even need a second reduction later in life. In general, you wait until enlargement has stabilized for one year prior to surgical intervention. And patients that present with macromasia have complaints of shoulder, neck, and upper back pain, grooving of bra straps, and rashes in the IMF folds. Frequently, trapezial hypertrophy is seen. And in general, resection weight is not correlated with relief of symptoms. So even though insurance companies will use resection weight as a criteria for coverage, it doesn't necessarily correlate with symptom relief. For design, there are different patterns. There is liposuction, periareolar, vertical, and wise pattern. Breast reductions may be performed with liposuction alone, 
This leaves major vessels and nerves intact, sensation intact, and blood supply intact, and breastfeeding potential is usually preserved. It does have major bruising and edema that can take greater than six weeks to resolve. And it's generally good for adipose tissue, is not as great for glandular tissue, and does not correct ptosis. So for a vertical breast reduction design, generally the pedicle is superior for the areola. It is a central breast reduction and has decreased skin undermining. There is only skin excision in one direction. So this decreases scar burden. Overall, it will narrow the breast shape and maximizes breast projection, and it can increase the IMF to nipple distance. You should not use vertical breast rejections if the nipple is going to be transposed greater than nine centimeters. And finally, the most common uh, breast reduction design we see is Wise pattern. This allows for reduction in the size of the areola, increases projection. It is important to remember that it does not decrease base width. The base width will stay the same and it can have a boxy appearance. Hannah, do you want to talk a little bit about the pedicles? Sure. So for all of the pedicles, the subdermal plexus is preserved as the blood supply is superficial. And this is also thought to be the primary venous drainage for all of the pedicles. One pedicle choice is a superior pedicle, and this involves resection of the tissue at the base of the breast. And the perforator is from the second intercostal space. This is the most likely pedicle to alter the nipple areolar complex sensation as it resects both the medial and lateral innervations of to the nipple. For the superior medial pedicle, this involves perforators from the internal thoracic artery, primarily the second and third internal mammaries. Sensation to the nipple areolar complex after superior medial reduction comes from terminal branches of the fourth and fifth anterior intercostal nerves. Normal sensation to the nipple areolar complex comes from the lateral cutaneous fourth intercostal nerve. Free nipple grafts are sometimes needed, and the relative indications include elevation of the nipple more than 25 centimeters, uh, may be needed in smokers and in patients with diabetes. There are several complications to consider for breast reduction. The first is if you have a dusky nipple areolar complex, this occurs in less than 5% of patients, and increased BMI is a risk factor for a dusky nipple. If you notice this in the OR, the first step is to release the sutures and to assess for hematoma or external compression, and then to continue to assess the pedicle to see if there's any kinking or twisting to the pedicle. If there is no improvement after these maneuvers, then you should consider a free nipple graft. If this presents late in the postoperative period, it's best to observe until the wound healing is complete and then to perform nipple reconstruction in a delayed fashion. The most common complication for a breast reduction is delayed wound healing, and this can occur in up to 21% of patients. The rate of delayed wound healing correlates with the preoperative breast volume, the average resection weight, and then smokers have a higher rate of delayed wound healing, and it is inversely correlated with patient age. Uh, hematoma is also something that we see, and this is common if the patients are hypotensive under general anesthesia. And so we recommend normotensive general anesthesia so that you can get adequate hemostasis during surgery. Uh, another complication that we're tested on is galacteria, and this is postoperative milky discharge from the breast. And this is from stimulation of prolactin and interruption of the intercostal nerves. And the treatment is with bromocryptine. Fat necrosis occurs in 2 to 10% of patients, and risk factors for the development of fat necrosis include patients with a large BMI, patients with a larger resection weight, 
and long suprasternal notch to nipple distance of greater than 37 centimeters. Infant necrosis presents as a hard lump after breast reduction, or it can be seen as abnormalities on a mammogram. So finally, we'll talk about the risk of breast cancer in breast reduction specimens. I think we get a question on this nearly every year. So in general, you should send specimens to pathology, particularly if the patient is greater than 40 years of age. Breast reductions do decrease the rate of breast cancer by approximately 30%. Uh, Remember that mastectomies decrease the rate of breast cancer by 90%. Patients without previous history of breast cancer carry risk for breast cancer in their specimens at about 0.4%. And patients with a history of breast cancer have a higher risk for incidental breast cancer finding of 5.5%. So remember to look at the patient's history in the stem of the question. There are post-surgical changes in breast reductions that we can see, such as fat necrosis, oil cysts, fibrosis, and calcifications, and workup consists of mammography and ultrasonography in these cases. Remember that scattered microcalcifications, so round, spherical, punctate, and diffusely scattered are consistent with benign, and cluster branching may be indicative of malignant. Finally, we'll talk about McCune-Albright syndrome or polyostotic fibrous dysplasia. This is characterized by premature puberty. Patients will begin menstruation prior to breast development, and this is also associated with bony abnormalities and cafe au lait spots. Great. I think that was a really high-yield review, and uh, good luck to everyone on the in-service. We would like to thank Allergan for their continued support of our podcast. Allergan Aesthetics is now part of AbbVie, an international leader in many different therapeutic categories. Many of our topics and therapies we discuss on our podcast are provided by Allergan. They continue to be a leader in the fields of breast reconstruction, abdominal wall reconstruction, medical aesthetics, and much more. Additionally, they are dedicated to supporting the education of plastic surgery residents and plastic surgeons across the country.